Life is an interesting journey. You never know where to take you. Peaks and valleys, twists and turns. Welcome to your next chapter. Regardless of what chapter you're in, success begins with taking ownership of the life you have. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Taking back your life begins with understanding what mindsets you're operating with. In this podcast, I deconstruct the mindsets of coaches, entrepreneurs, and social influencers to provide you with the skills and mindsets to own and dominate your next chapter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show today. Today's guest is Javon Langford, and I'm super excited to have him here today. Javon Langford is one of the main reasons why I came forward with my sexuality about being bisexual. He is a men's empowerment coach, and I'm blown away to have him here. The reason why I brought Javon onto the show is because, A, he's been so transformational on my own journey, but B, he's been transformational for so many men along their journeys as well. And I wanted my audience, you guys, to hear from directly, to hear about how to tap into your emotional body. There are so many men and even women who live disconnected from their emotions, and these emotions are running us, and we are avoiding them as opposed to acknowledge them and tapping into them. And one of the big things when I hired Javon as a coach, I just started telling a few people in my life, the girl I was dating and a few friends at the time, that I had been dating men and was bisexual. And Javon challenged me to start living in my truth, to come forward and not have these layers of my life of some people knowing, some people not, and just living in truthfulness with everyone around me in my life. And that was a really hard thing to do. But I am so grateful that he took me to that place and allowed me to have that courage to step forward. And I've learned so much through this entire process. So I am so excited to have Javon on the show here today for you guys to hear firsthand from him as he's been transformational for me on my journey. And so me and Javon get into what he does. So without further ado, here is Javon Langford. With me, I got Javon Langford on the line. I'm super excited to have Javon as Javon's been one of my coaches and he was instrumental in me coming forward as being bisexual when I've been able to do what I did on my podcast. It wasn't for Javon. So I've been meaning to get you on here for a while. It's been a little overdue, but Javon, I'm super excited to have you here today. Brother, it's such an honor to see you grow and expand and to be able to continue on this path. It's, it's I'm excited to be and so Javon, for those of you that don't know who he is, uh, he runs the Elevated Man, the Elevation Effect, which is a workshop that he does basically around the world, US, London, Canada, Australia. It's a program that I've done. The Mentor, where he goes out to schools, teaches kids, and he has a YouTube series, the Thought Life series. Did I miss anything? Is there anything, like when you're at a cocktail party, people ask you, like, you know, who are you? Like, how do you answer that question? People often say, what do you do? And my response is, whatever it takes. <laughs> It's <laughs> my immediate response. I'm creating in the world is content, community, and conversations that support and women and breaking through their greatest challenges so they can live their legacy now. I truly believe that so many gifts inside of us, and we're just born just incredibly gifted. And then we enter a world, Philip, where we're infused into people, places, things, environments, and, and events that take place that cause us to truly forget who we are. And so we're in this journey or on this journey rather of remembrance of how incredible we truly are. And so I, I having experienced so much personal freedom the last few years, it's been my, it's become my duty and responsibility to really create platform 
products and services to support people. So I am the founder of Choose Hire as a global transformational enterprise, and we do three-day immersive workshops with men. I have the Elevated Man Academy, an online academy, and I do a great work of one-on-one coaching and have a foundation called The Mentor that you just uh, mentioned, and we do a lot of work social-emotional leadership workshops for middle school boys in Los Angeles. So a lot of moving parts, but a lot of work, uh, I'd say, grooming the minds of boys and men. And I guess the umbrella term for you would be men's empowerment coach, right? That's really how you would identify yourself. Yes, absolutely. Amazing. Well, let's dive right into it. I always like leading on my podcast by asking my guests, if your life was a book title, what would be the title of your book? You know, when you ask me this question, the first thing that comes to mind is something recently. You know, just to give a little insight on my story, I grew up in a household where I was the only boy. My mother struggled with drugs, and my father passed away early on leukemia. And I was raised by women. And I was always so afraid to really connect with men because I grew up learning how awful men were. I grew up learning how inconsistent and how abusive and how, you know, they cheat and how they steal and they, they hurt. And I was like, man, I don't want to be that guy. And so I grew up really viewing life from the female perspective in a lot of ways, only to enter the world and, and be deathly afraid of men in so many different ways. Um, in addition to losing my dad, I experienced sexual abuse. And so I had this story around men that you know, they were going to hurt me or they were going to leave me, abuse or abandon me. And uh, I, I held true to that story. That story became very much a truth in my life. And I am now a men's empowerment coach. And it's so crazy that the hardest lesson for us to learn is the same one we're born to break through and teach to others. And so if my story was a, a book title, I would call it Raising Men. Raising Men. Raising Men, I love it. Yeah. And is that because you've broken through this part of your life and so now you feel like based on your philosophy of like the biggest lesson that you break through is the one you want to teach is now you raise men and show them what's on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say even deeper than that is breaking through is something that we all want to do. We want to break through our scarcity conversations. We want to break through our financial barriers. We want to break through, you know, our mommy and daddy issues. But really what I mean by that, just to be specific, because specificity is everything, is truly understanding that we don't necessarily physically break through it, but we learn how to live on the other side of it so that it's not controlling how we show up in rooms and relationships. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prior to this call, I listened to the podcast with Jay Wong, a fellow friend of ours. And uh, one thing that you said, you told a bit about your story, and you said that you struggled with masculinity, intimacy, and connection because like men abandoned you in your life. You never had those things. So for you, this podcast is called Your Next Chapter. So how did you move through that? Like when masculinity was an issue for you, and it's been an issue for me, identifying myself as bisexual, and intimacy and connection. So like going back, like how did you get through onto the other side? What did that look like for you? Yeah, it's something that I'm honestly still in. It's a conversation that doesn't go anywhere. You know, as as kids, we, you know, we play. We're very we're very frivolous, right? We're we're in our flow, in our feminine flow. We like to have fun, and sometimes that fun leads to getting hurt, and we fall, we bump our head, we get a scar. And you know, most people when they get a scar, it's the worst thing that ever happens in their life. They get a wound, and it's the worst thing. And then as time goes on, that wound turns to a scar. But the kids, we never try to get rid of the scar. But as adults, we do. We get hurt and we try to get rid of the scar. We try to break through it. And it's something that I'm learning to live with differently. And it's it's a conversation that really stemmed from abuse. It stemmed from not really having deep and meaningful men in my life early on. And it stemmed from so many different experiences that really accumulated to me believing that 
I can't trust men, that I can't be in a relationship with them. So not trusting them meant I didn't spend time with them. Not spending time with them meant that I didn't learn how to do what they do, the mannerisms, knowing how they navigate relationships, knowing how they think, breathe, eat, sleep. And um, so I had to explore that on my own. I, I really started watching and becoming comfortable, but it was absolutely, and it's absolutely a journey uh, to, to unfolding. And I, a big part of it has been changing the story for me. It's been changing the story that not, not all men are abusive. Not all men will abandon me. Not all men, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. And it really came as I moved from high school into college, really having phenomenal mentors and coaches and people in my life who changed the story. And it was through those experiences that the story just effortlessly evolved. Yeah, and on that note, because I know when I was listening to the podcast with Jay, you said that basically your dad passed away at four of leukemia, your mom turned to drugs and alcohol to cope with that experience, and you basically you were abandoned, you were raised by your grandma. So who like who's like who did you look up to earlier on? Like who stepped up to raise you? Like how did you get through that time? Because it seems like there really wasn't anybody there for you. You had four younger sisters that you probably had to take care of as well. So like who really was there a person that stands out that really helped you transition? Yeah, you know what? It's so interesting. My, I say my first mentor was my grandmother who raised me, but I never looked up to her. I never looked up to her. I always looked into her. I always looked into her for wisdom. And one thing that was really beautiful about being raised by my grandmother, and I think there are a lot of men who are raised by women or an older woman in their lives uh, has influenced them in some capacity, is that they have a wisdom about them. And my grandmother, the wisdom that she had was really this infectious energy where I would watch her and engage with other people and how they would fall in love with her because she was so present. You know, a powerful presence requires that we be powerfully present. And so I watched how she would be with people and her mannerisms, how she engaged. And she always found something fascinating about everybody she came into contact with. And I thought, man, I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to be that. I want to be like her. And so I used to embody that and I started doing more research and I would watch videos and I started writing poetry and some of my favorite people, Langston Hughes and Maya Angelou, I got into a lot of poetry in my, in my you know, high school years and into college where I would read extensively. I would read so many books and watch so many videos and really stepped into the personal development. On the journey of running away from being a man, I stepped into really understanding myself and I spent a lot of time with myself and I think a lot of men don't know how to spend time with themselves. In fact, if we don't know how to be alone, then we only know how to be lonely. And I, I've learned how to be with myself and being with myself has changed the conversation from I need to be good at being a man to just being the man that I'm meant to be. There's being good at being a man and then there's being good, then there's being the man that you're meant to be. And I've just learned that that's the biggest difference. And I believe that I'm here to really change that conversation around what it means to be the man versus a man. And that really resonates. And we were even talking a bit before we started recording about me being bisexual, right? And that's something I ran away from a very long period of time, right? Where I had this idea of what a man should be like and because my sexual identity didn't fit that mold, I thought I was less of a man because of it. And mm -hmm. now that we're talking about this, where I've just given myself more space and permission and allowed myself to be with men and not in like an intoxic intoxicated state of mind, but really just mm -hmm. being there and present to it and understanding what does this have to teach me. And that's yeah. really allowed me to step into my own. Like I feel better than I have in a long time. Like my depression, anxiety hasn't for a year now really been around. And so it's amazing what allowing yourself to step into that 
does for yeah. you. Yeah, there's a huge image crisis as it pertains to the man. I, you know, traveling. You know, I travel heavily. I travel to four or five continents a year, doing men's work, doing intimate workshops, and leading academies and private masterminds. And I really see there being a few pain points for men. Most men that I work with, and a lot of it is the identity challenge comes from really, in my experience, maybe four pain points. I think the first is really feelings of inadequacy. We just feel inadequate. There's a general feeling of inadequacy within a man, right? I don't feel enough to be in relationship with women. That's a huge conversation that I have with myself is not feeling man enough to approach a woman and to really claim the relationship because I still have that conversation is, am I man enough to be in relationship with her? Will she embrace me? Am I, what, what, what am I in comparison to who she's been with in the past? You know, can I perform at the level that she needs me to perform sexually, emotionally? There's all these conversations. I don't feel enough. So I take that and I go to work and I don't feel enough at work because my coworker looks at me this way and I go home for the holidays and my brother and sister look at me this way and it's just, I just don't feel enough. And inadequacy infects the identity of a man. The second conversation is what I call the imposter syndrome. Right, is I'm crushing it in business right now. I made 10K, 20K, I'm making six figures, but I am lonely as hell at night. I have no love in my life. Or I have found the love of my life and I cannot provide for her or him in the capacity I want to. We haven't been on a vacation together for five years. I haven't proposed because I don't have money for a ring. And I'm shining here and there's so much darkness here and I gotta pretend, I gotta pretend my way through this, which affects the identity. The third big issue is men feeling significance by way of power or control. If I'm not in control, then I don't even know who I am or where to begin. If I don't feel powerful in this moment, then I don't want to be in this moment at all. So we do drugs and we have frivolous sex and we lose ourselves in people, places and things. And that's painful. It's a painful experience. And I say the last big piece as it pertains to men not really stepping into an identity and knowing who they are, ultimately really stems from an, an unwillingness and an, an inability to be able to receive. We don't know how to receive as men. And when we don't receive love, we don't receive money, we don't receive period, what happens is we break the cycle of giving. We clog it. We clog it. We stop it. So I'll be unforgettable to you, Philip, but I will never allow you to be unforgettable to me. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll lend you money, but I'll never, ever ask you or let you know that I need 1500 bucks to get through this next month. And, and those things are affecting how we show up in, in, in the world. And in many cases, our pain is walking through the door at home, at work, before we do. And we're not showing up as ourselves. And that's why it's my mission to really support these men in self-educating and self-healing and then being able to self-generate. It's, it's, it's stopping us. And, you know, we talk a lot about this in the workshop. It, as men, we have the physical body and we have the emotional body that lives within. And it stores everything. All the experiences you've been through, all the events, it stores so much stuff. And we never deal with that as men. We don't deal with the emotions. We don't deal with the pain. We don't deal with the shame. We don't deal with the guilt. We don't deal with the confusion of sexuality. We don't deal with the abuse from our dad. We don't deal with the sexual abuse. We don't deal with the verbal abuse. Sometimes we are verbally abusing ourselves and we grow such a deep, a deep threshold for pain, a high tolerance for pain. And then we find ourselves in relationships with people who hurt us just as much as we want to hurt ourselves until 
they hurt us just a little bit more than we want to hurt ourselves and we leave. But that until, for some, is a 10-year marriage. That until is three kids into a relationship. That until is 20 years into the job. That until could be a lot of things that are not serving or working for us. And so there's so much work that we get to do with men. So much work and I'm just super committed. I get excited as I'm sure you can, you're experiencing this moment just with this information and to be able to share this and spread this message is incredibly important to me and for the world. Well, and this is something that I wanted to ask you about, and I'm glad that we're on topic, is like, because, yeah, you do travel to Australia. You've been to London. You've done workshops across Canada, U.S., right? And so, if I'm missing a country, let me know. But what I want to ask you, like, are you seeing, like, trends in it? You identified a few, like, but what's going on for men? Because I think there is, like, a male crisis out there from my point of view. And so, you travel all around the world. You're, you're with these men. You're at the ground level. I'm curious to know, what are you seeing? Yeah, all of all all of that that I just shared. I, I think what I'm seeing is men have a hard time making peace with their pieces. Men have a hard time making peace with their pieces, right? The piece of them that is embarrassed that they are attracted to men. The piece of them that's embarrassed that they're addicted or crave or desire sex often. The piece of them that is attracted to a family member or someone they shouldn't be attracted to. The piece of them that doesn't feel man enough. The piece of them that hides out and is addicted to pornography. The piece of them that is still in pain from dad telling them you look ugly when they were 17 years old and in the mirror in the bathroom before the prom. And the piece of us that is hurting because our mom died and no one ever acknowledged the fact that she's not here anymore. No one, no one loves me, the piece of them that doesn't feel seen, the piece of them, the pieces, the little pieces, little pieces that are tucked in the corner, we don't make peace with those pieces. We don't learn how to live on the other side of them. And all our pieces are the same. Right? All our pieces are the same. When you put them together, they're different puzzles, but we all got the same pieces. And if we don't learn to make peace with the pieces, we will only ever always be at war. And I can totally relate to that. One big thing that I picked up from the workshop was, yeah, you challenged me to cook more with my emotional body. And one thing that I realized was that I used to store a lot of anxiety, like right below, around my stomach and into my groin, like the sexual area of your body. And so mm. as I've given myself more permission to be with men, I've been able to breathe into that space more. Like I used to like avoid it. I had very like short breathing, but I just did a yoga class before this. And I can really like empty out my stomach. And before I used to like, when, when I breathe and before I would never be able to do that because it would create it bring up like thoughts and ideas ideas that I didn't want to confront and so I would avoid it I was at a point of like I was not taking responsibility for my life I was avoiding a lot of things and so that challenge to really like step into your emotional body like when you can be at peace with yourself it creates this flow that you can get into because you just feel comfortable like you're not holding anything back and you can just permit you permit yourself to be your true self it's huge. It's amazing. It's huge. Yeah, it is. And I think um, in that, what happens in stepping into your true self is understanding that you've now created space to have your true experiences, to have your true love, to have your true friends, to have your true life when you step into your truth. And that's, that's what's missing, and, and I'm experiencing that. You know, this last 18 months of traveling so heavily and really healing myself in the process of raising these men, what has shifted for me is there's so much space. There's so much space. You know, I've done so much work for men and not knowing that I, I, behind the scenes I was creating a demand for to really serve women. And I said just recently, you know, I really think that I, I'm, I'm ready to make room 
to really serve women directly. Uh, my, my intention has always been to support women because I was raised by them. I, I'm who I am because of them. So I thought instead of working with them directly, why don't I work with the issue that they're dealing with, the men? Because I believe the world's greatest challenges were hunger, you know, war, sex and, tra- sex and drug trafficking, like the big issues, homelessness is a result of dysfunctional men. And men are dysfunctional because they're at war within themselves. They don't have the tools, tips, and techniques to make peace with the pieces. And if I can get to the men, then I can support the woman in that way. And now I'm saying, you know what? I think I get to shift a little bit. Maybe start doing co-ed workshops, start doing bigger events with hundreds of people at these events. And I thought, hmm, how can I do that? Let me just put it out there. The next day I get invited to speak at the Awakened Women Summit. Next day, I get invited. Two women reach out to me for coaching. It's just like there's room for it. The universe can hear you now. Can hear, it, could, it couldn't hear me because I was coming from an inauthentic place. Was, you know, we were born with very distinct voices, very distinct messages. And when we speak from that place, then everything that's ours can hear us at that point. But when it's clogged, it's kind of like getting into a car, right? When you get to a car and the windows are fogged, most chances are great you're not going to move until we clear out the window. But there are a lot of people who lean in like this and they start squinting hard and they just force it. They, I, I just got to get there. I just got to get there. I got to make this money. I got to get there. I just come to find love. I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. And then they crash. They crash. And they wonder, why do I keep crashing? Because instead of doing the work it takes to clear the space, You're just taking massive action with no strategy. That's called the work. It takes work to defog a window. It takes work. But if you invest in the vehicle, right, and you upgrade and you start living on the next level and you get a better car, you don't have to get out the car every time to defog windows. You can just turn a few knobs because you have tools to defog your life. And that's the key is being able to build those tools so that we can ride the highways and byways of our visions. And if that's not visual enough for you, then I don't know what to tell you. You always do a great job of painting very good visuals. That's one thing you're great at. I, I do my best. Do my best. Going back to your grandma a little bit, one thing when you were coaching me, you challenged me when I was interviewing people on the podcast to go to a place where they've never been before, right? Kind of what your grandma said, would find something about people that they had never, that most wouldn't see in them. Mm -hmm. So you do a lot of podcasts. And so I want to like, what is one thing that you don't share very often or talk about that you'd like to do more? And I want to get into that right now. Is there anything that comes to mind for you? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. You know, I, I, I often joke when I say, people say, Jerome, what do you do for a living? And I was like, whatever it takes. You know, and then they say, no, but what are, you, what are you up to? And I say, I'm in the freedom business. And what I mean by that is the sense of personal freedom that I'm feeling, I, I, I hope and pray that for everyone. There's, there's nothing more rewarding than waking up in the morning and knowing exactly what the day looks like, exact, knowing exactly what you need to do, knowing the things I get to do to produce results today, I know exactly what it is to have a paper, to have everything written down, to have my win, my week planned. There's no greater feeling to know that I'm doing the things that do produce results, that I'm building relationships. There's no greater thing than that. And I, I'd say if there's something that I would have that I would like to share is that this is available to everybody. I wish I could stand on a mountaintop and I, and I could scream 
I could just scream that you get to live your best life. One thing that I don't share a lot often is that I read a lot of poetry. I do a lot of writing. Why well, I'm good with telling stories because I love stories. I love the layers, the textures and colors. And one of my, my favorite pieces of, of writing that I haven't, ri- that I haven't written, but that I, I read often, and it's a reminder of something I, I'd be happy to share with the audience, is a poem that was shared to me. I went back to school for my master's degree in family, um, child and family therapy. And a poem that I, yeah, a poem that I, I love um, is um, that I'll share with you guys. Um, my favorite book, Phillips, you guys can't see this, but Phillips showed me a book uh, that I, 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 I that completely love. It's Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Zeus. And it's funny because yeah. it's like when you gift it to me, I'm like, really? Like, but I've read it many times since you've given it to me. And it is very poetic in a lot of ways. And like, it's one it of those is. books where it, it's, there's deeper levels to it, right? It's, it is a children's yeah. book, but there's so much going on to it. And I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. your train of thought. Let's go back to that poem. But I just kind of thought okay. it was funny behind me. It is. It is. I love that's one of my that's my hands down top three favorite authors. But um, anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, wherever you are, I just want to invite you just to stop for a moment. If anything I've said resonated with you, just be here now for just a moment. Close your eyes and just really embrace the words that I'm about to share with you. It was spring, but it was summer that I wanted the warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall that I wanted the colorful leaves and the cool, dry air. It was autumn, but it was winter that I wanted, the beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. I was a child, but it was adulthood that I wanted, the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 that I wanted, to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 30 that I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle-aged that I wanted, the presence of mine without limitations. My life was over, but I never got what I wanted. Something that I don't share often is that I have not figured this thing out. I haven't figured it out. As successful as I've been, as much as I've traveled, as much money as I've made, as many lives as I've impacted, I haven't figured this thing out. You don't have to solve the puzzle today. You don't have to solve the puzzle today, but what you get to step into is your war. You gotta step into your war. You gotta face your lions. You gotta get in the cage and you gotta fight your good fight. Whatever it looks like. For some people, for some people, it's finally embracing their sexuality. Finally embracing sexuality. For some people, it's finally forgiving their father and creating space to allow another man to love them the way that they deserve to be loved. For some people, it's truly being honest enough with themselves that they are not ugly, that they are not fat, that they are not X, Y, or Z, that they are only ever always enough, more than enough, and truly loving themselves for the first time and loving themselves enough to step into their next level. And what I want to say is, if I could end this on a high note, it, it's, it's, you've got everything it takes, everything that you need to make this happen is available to you right now in this moment. Everything. Everything you need. And oftentimes we're waiting for the right moment. The right moment. And let me say this, the right moment's waiting you, waiting for you to stop waiting for the right moment. 
Stop overstaying your welcome where you are. Where you are, chances are great. It's not working. It's not working. Acknowledge and accept that and choose something different. Choose something different. It's often said, often said, that any, you can have anything, but you can have everything. And what that means is get specific. Stay in your lane and figure out what your challenges are. Figure out what, what your pain is. Figure out what your war is that you get to fight. If you stay in your lane long enough, let me tell you the rewards, the alignment that finds you, the opportunities, the money, the relationships that just come rushing your doorstep is so available to you. And so if I could say anything, I'd say that. And that's powerful. There's definitely many ideas kind of flowing flowing through my head right now. But the one thing I want to ask, so if somebody doesn't have clarity, right, because you're talking about how important it is to be clear, and I know I've worked with the crystal clarity that you need, how does somebody, if their window is super foggy and they can't see outside, what do they start doing? What does that first step look like to start getting clear? Mm. Except calling Javon <laughs> Langford for coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's an opportunity, right? They're, they're, I'd say, honestly, the first step of, of defogging the windows, right? Is the first step is obviously acknowledge that the windows are defogged. That the windows are fogged. That's right. the first step. A lot of us think that we have and we haven't fully been with what is. Really embracing that. Like for me to say that I'm afraid of men, it took me a long time to say that. It took me 27 years to say that I was afraid of men, knowing for the last, for all of my life that that was the case. And until I acknowledged that, did, was I able to recline in the seat and be able to look at it and say, wow, I can't move with this. This is taking up a lot of space. I can't see anything on the other side of this. And then the second part is understanding that there are resources and relationships available to you. There are resources and relationships. And once you can acknowledge that it's not working, then you seek support. You gotta seek support. And for me, my, my biggest message, if I leave anything here, you know, when, I'm, when all is said and said and gone and gone, and, I'm, and it's done, is done, I would say, I'd really like people to understand that I came here to teach people how to build relational wealth and starting with themselves. Like I now know myself so much that I am so happy to share myself in relationship and love. I now know myself enough that I'm excited to build and create and coke and collaborate with people. I love myself so much so that I am, am willing to bring new life into this world. I, I, I love myself so much so that I'm able to get on video and share my stories and dreams and visions and aspirations. I, 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 I love myself and that's my story, and I'm sticking to that. That makes sense? And there's one thing I want to add to that is that, and this is something you've said and I learned from you, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and if the quote's wrong, you can correct me, but forgiveness is accepting that things couldn't have been any other way. And I think a lot of people get hung up like, fuck, I wasted 10 years in a relationship. I wasted 20 years of this job. And so part of like accepting that the windows are foggy is forgiving yourself. And so... Just speak about it because I think that's so powerful. That's one thing I've taken away because yeah. like, it's understanding that things happen the way they are and there's, there's no going back, but what you do have is going forward. Yes. I'd say the first thing, going back to the windows, once you acknowledge, then you get to understand that there's something in the story that you create that you're attached to. 
for me, by saying I was afraid of men, that meant I didn't have to deal with them. I had to take no responsibility. I didn't have, I didn't have to worry about it because I'm afraid. Fear gets so much credit. Why does fear get extra credit? Fear, all, fear is undefeated. Once fear comes into the room, everything shuts down, lights are off, windows closed. Okay, all right, guys, maybe next time. Maybe next lifetime. Maybe next relationship. Maybe the next, at the next job, this won't happen. Maybe at the next partner, this won't happen. It's always fear wins. And if you can acknowledge the fact that what your war is, and then you can understand what you're attached to, then you gotta forgive that piece. This is what you're referring to. And forgiveness is, this is one of the greatest definitions I've ever heard of, and I wish I could claim it as my own, but it came through just me doing deep work and, and, and being a part of so many amazing experiences. Um, forgiveness is letting go of the idea that things, including people, could have been any different than they were. You know what that requires? It takes a lot of responsibility to just own your part in it. We're 100% responsible for 50% of anything we find ourselves in. And if you just take ownership of your part, then that's all you can do. You, you'll create, immediately create space in your life. And then once you forgive, you now have space to reframe the story, make a, a story that supports you and serves other people. And once you do that, it's just a matter of practicing it or not. I mean, most people get to that point, but they don't practice it. They're not in the practice. The reason why I do workshops and training and coaching is because I, of course, want to inspire the world. I'm committed to inspiring the world, right? But also because I can't keep it unless I continue to give it away. I can't retain it unless I'm teaching it, unless I'm sharing it, unless I'm divulging it, and I'm gifting people with this information. Then it becomes my truth because this is the story that I believe. If we're going to tell a story, we might as well tell one that supports me and serves other people. Come on. Right. I hope that you're picking up what I'm putting down and that some of this message is resonating with those of you who are listening right now. And Philip, I, I really want to take an opportunity to really acknowledge you because I've watched you this last year, brother. I've watched you. Whether I commented or didn't, but how you've remained consistent in the podcast and how you've pushed through your conversations and how you've stretched your mind, your heart, and everybody you come into contact with and how you've gotten uncomfortable on how you've lived in the discomfort and you've worked through it no matter what it looked like. And it's men like yourself who show up and exemplify what's possible, who show up and really reveal what it looks like to be in the war, to win the war, to show up to the battlefield ready to fight no matter what it looks like. I acknowledge you. There are so many men who are hurting and in need of a healing. And it's people like yourself who have platforms like this for myself to be able to spread my message and my mission and my movement that continues to keep the world going around. So I acknowledge you. I, I acknowledge you from my heart to yours for investing in yourself, for doing the things that produce results daily and not being attached, but being committed to defogging your windows and supporting others in defogging their lives. Well, thank you for that, brother. And there's one quote that really resonates with me. You might know it. It's Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the arena quote. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's the idea that, you know, when you're in the arena, it's like you're getting bloody. It's like you're putting yourself out there, right? And it's easy to be the critic. It's easy to be a spectator watching the event going on, but it's really hard to get into the arena. And when yeah. I kind of find myself drifting back towards the sidelines, I remind myself, like, am I somebody that wants to be a spectator and watching the game of life? Or 
do I want to be in the arena and partaking, right? Big or small, right? It's like whether my impact is a million or two people, it's like where do I want to be? And I've always thought of myself as a yeah. leader and it's like, and I want to be in that arena. And so when I start drifting towards the sun, I just remind myself, no, like the arena is your place. And the more time I spend yeah. in the arena, the better yeah. off I am there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Amazing. Well, before we wrap up, I do want to give you a chance to talk a bit about where people can find you, um, where if you want to track you down more, learn about your programs, or if you want to say anything with the elevation effect, anything like that, feel free to uh, rant away right now. Absolutely. You can find me online at JavonLangford.com. Everything lives there. Social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Javon Langford. And um, I'm I'll say I'm headed to Toronto in a few weeks here, the 21st, the 23rd. I'm not sure when this podcast will be released of April. And I'll be in Vancouver the following week. I'll release it before you uh, come. Don't worry, brother. I'll do it for you. uh, As I say this, any man who's listening to this podcast, and for any woman for that fact, I want you to understand this. That if you don't feel that you are living your best life, you don't feel like you're leading your best life, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Live your life based on results. Live your life based on results. I have that in my bedroom on my wall. Live your life based on results. That statement changed my life. And if you don't feel that you are, if you feel like maybe like myself, are living a life where you're better than average, but not great at one particular thing, and you know there's more available, explore. I would love to invite you to come out to the Elevation Effect and be able to have that transformational experience. There have been men, hundreds of men from around the globe who have been healed as a result of being a part of the weekend and have that experience. Women who are watching this, send your husbands, send your sons, your uncles, the men in your life. They get to be there. They get to heal their emotional bodies. We need our men to show up. I'm committed to creating content, community, and conversations that support all of you and living and leading your best lives Check me online. If this resonates with you, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Philip, again, thank you for the time, energy, and effort for having this platform and sending you tons of love and light, brother. Yeah. And one last thing I want to leave. It's um, an idea of Javon as well that he shared with me. It's if you're going to tell yourself a story, tell yourself a story that's going to serve you, right, is what it comes down to. And that's powerful too, right? We tell ourselves stories so often, right? And if we can just kind of put a positive space of where we want to go, it's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I'll definitely get this out before Toronto, and uh, we'll have to connect again soon. Sounds good, brother. Talk to you soon. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Javon Langford. That was super exciting. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. The one big takeaway that I had from that episode was when Javon talked about how even he doesn't always know what is next from or what to do and that came up when I asked that question like what's one thing you don't feel like you talk about enough in podcasts or don't get asked and he confessed that he doesn't have all the answers and I feel that this is a very important thing to recognize because it doesn't matter how successful you are or where you are on the ladder we all struggle to identify where we're going and it's interesting because I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss and Cheryl Stray and Cheryl Stray is a lady that wrote the book Wild and her movie her book was turned into a movie by Reese Witherspoon, and they talked about the same thing, even at that level where they're not certain about what the next step is, what they have to do sometimes. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that on this journey in life, we don't always have all the answers. Very rarely do we actually have all the answers. And the important thing is to recognize that we need to keep moving forward in the best direction that we feel is important to us. What does that next step look like for us? And if we knew that next step for us is adventure or maybe security 
or buying a piece of property or starting a business or going back to school or taking on a more responsibility in work to get a promotion, whatever that is for you, it's just important to know that next step because we're not going to have all the answers, but whatever is clearest and most important to you and is speaking to you the loudest at that moment, that is the direction you have to go. And so I felt it was really interesting when Javon talked about the fact that he doesn't always know what's next and he doesn't have this all figured out, even though he has the mentor, the elevated effect, and he's doing all this work in the world, he's writing a book, but it's still about piecing it together and figuring it out. And that was very soothing for me where it eased a lot of pressure and stress that I put on myself to succeed. And so hopefully it did for you guys as well. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this episode, share it, pass it on to someone else that needs to hear it. And if you want to get the latest episodes sent directly to you, jump onto my email list at philipsprincy.com and subscribe there to have the latest episodes sent directly to you when they go live. Thank you again, and I look forward to having you on the next one.